0: Hello, hello! Welcome to Confidence to Cabaret, the podcast. I'm Heather Jean and I am joined today by the wonderful, exciting Kelly Rolfe, who is a business mentor, two times international best-selling author, a podcast host in her own right, a mom of two, and a self-love warrior. We we are in for such a treat for this episode. Thank (laughs) you for being here, Kelly. Thank you so
1: much for having me. I'm really, really excited to have this conversation today.
0: Oh, me too. Okay. Uh, oh, where do I want to start? Okay. So so the last thing I introduced you as is self-love warrior. Mm-hmm. What is that and how do we all get on board?
1: <laughs> uh, it's a term that I really adapted in my own life and um, in my business, probably about eight or seven or eight years ago. I found myself really in a place that I didn't love myself. I didn't like myself. I didn't know myself. And so I went on this journey of who the heck am I going to be? If I don't know who I am, and I don't know what I want, who am I going to be? I get to decide at this point. And I really started to pay attention to my desires, pay attention to what I wanted, pay attention to what I enjoyed. And really challenge some of the narratives around what it meant to be a woman in this time. At the time, I was a single mother. So really breaking down narratives and changing the trajectory on what it meant to be a single mom. And every time I overcame a hurdle, I liked myself a little more, I respected myself a little more. And before I knew it, I was like, damn, that girl's fine. I love her. She's my best friend. And from there, I really adapted this new way of being, and I shared all of what I was learning with the interworld, the Internet world. And um, I started, you know, I like to call it a little revolution of becoming a self-love warrior. And what that meant is we all have can I curse here? Oh yeah. We all have shit that we go through. We all have times in, in life that are really hard, and the more you trust yourself to stand back up, The more you fall in love with who you are as a woman, the more you become a warrior uh, in your pursuit of happiness and joy and love and life. And that's where self-love warrior came from.
0: I love that. I absolutely love that. And it's it's interesting to me because I'm really right now, I don't know if this is the mercury retrograde or I don't know what's going on because I don't know that much about all that stuff, but people keep talking about it. And I'm like, okay, is this sapping my energy or what's going on here? but when i hear warrior i think masculine energy <clears throat> that's how i associate it
2: mm-hmm.
0: right which is the doing and the you know the the titles and the you know all the all the, the the stuff that we that we do that we've been told or fed that we're supposed to do right but then when you talk about joy and love and light that's the feminine energy mhm mhm it's it's about intuition and creativity and feelings. And it's interesting because I woke up this morning and I started, at the beginning of October, I started a new journal practice because I'm talking about journaling and I wasn't consistent in my practice. So I, I decided I needed to get serious. Um, and I realized, oh, feminine energy's over right now. I'm in masculine energy, roll up the sleeves, folks. We're mm-hmm. getting stuff done today. And so when you say warrior, that's what I associate with it until you describe and define what you mean by it, which is so balanced and beautiful.
1: Yeah, and you know, when we think warrior, that's immediately, we think fight, right? We're here to fight a battle. And I really coined the term because I wanted to change the narrative on the term. And when we talk about, I'm so excited, you just brought up energetics, it's my joy. Okay, so when we talk about, Feminine energy and the changing the narratives on on being a woman if we go way back to 5000 years ago women were goddesses and we were worshipped for our ability to literally continue evolution of human beings okay so without us we cannot continue we were also worshipped for our ability to feel we were worshiped for our ability to connect with one another and create sisterhood and have community. And we, there's many, many research and articles and woo woo stuff that say that we were actually as women able to stop wars. Um, and we were termed as the goddess and that was really important. And it's something that like lights my sacral on fire. I'm like, woo. But then we were, kind of really conditioned out of that and and conditioned to be suppressed as our goddess and rise in our masculine and so that's why so many of us don't know how to feel and don't know how to tap into desires and really struggle in relationships because we don't understand energetics but i teach the concept of the warrior as a disempowered warrior and the emp- empowered warrior and the disempowered warrior has her shield and her sword always right she's in fight or flight there's protection mode, masculine energy. I'm going to get shit done. I'm not going to feel. I'm going to keep you at arm's length. And the empowered warrior gets to put that down. She gets to put the sword and the shield down. And she gets to stand in her power. And a warrior, an empowered warrior is in feminine energy. And so that is... I coined the term years ago, while I still lived in fight or flight and didn't understand energetics. And as I grew and evolved as a a coach and as a woman, and I embodied the energetics in my life and in my relationships, I realized, huh, we all have a warrior within, but which warrior is rising in us? Which one is really there for us at this present moment? And how can we understand that the, sh- the sword and the shield are no longer necessary for us to be safe.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> I love that. I really love that. I need to just sit with that for a second. I think oh, last week, because I, I realized um, that I was always on the go. I, I was superhuman. I had so much done. People used to joke about the fact that I really wasn't human. I was a robot because I just could get so much done and I never ran out of energy. I was energy, you know, the energizer bunny, the the Dur- or Duracell bunny or whoever had a bunny. I don't know, but I was <laughs> never ending on the go. And that became clear in 2019 when everything fell apart. And then 2020, when it, it, the, the whole planet fell apart, um, then I I realized that I wasn't tapping into my feelings. That's why I was always busy and I was avoiding Mm -hmm. that question. And I talk a lot about that. But then last week I realized, oh, that means I wasn't tapping into my feminine energy Mm -hmm. for
1: decades. Right. And I would challenge to say that when you were pulled to cabaret And when you really embodied that part of yourself and went on that exploration, that was the empowered warrior inside of you, pulling you to that place where you could just be in your feminine energy in a controlled, safe environment, right? So it's important for us to note that our feminine energy is very foreign to most of us. We don't understand it. We feel unsafe and vulnerable there. It's not a comfortable place to be. And so we avoid it. We avoid it. We default to masculine energy. We can get shit done there. We're in self-preservation there. There's no room. There's no crying in baseball there. I hope somebody gets that movie <laughs> reference, but right. Like we just, we don't have to feel there. We don't have to show our feelings. We don't have to open. We don't have to be vulnerable. So most of us go there because we're uncomfortable in our fields and that's what you did. You are suppressed for so long, but cabaret pulled you in and allowed you to explore that side of you in a way that was welcomed and honored and, and became such a joy for you.
0: Yes, that's really true. Um, I fought it, though.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, uh, I displayed the feminine, but in an aggressive way in an angry way i mean it was beautiful therapy like just moving your body you know if if you haven't done that for a while and you're listening to this just like like stop here and just put on a track and move oh my goodness that is it's just so healing Mm -hmm. but i would move but it was aggressive and harsh and filthy as fuck (laughs) right like And that was my way of expressing feminine because I didn't know how to express it. Mm -hmm. And then this is what's happened. So I just debuted my my new stage persona for the first time about five weeks ago um, on stage because I didn't want to be that anymore. Yeah. And I couldn't, I, could, I can still do those things. I can still move in that kind of way. I still like to call out a lot of the patriarchy stuff that we were fed. So yep. I do still have statements to make that are strong, but I don't feel like I have to be fighting against the feminine and almost mocking it.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's so powerful. And I, I deeply resonate with that. So all my life as a child, I was very emotional Very in my feminine naturally. And I heard often, stop crying. What are you crying about? You're so much. Even my joy was so big, right? I'm such a big personality now because I've re embraced it. But for a long time, it was like, you are a lot, little girl. Bring her down. And so the sword and the shield went up, right? Up she went. And I, flipped fully into my masculine and was very assertive, very aggressive in nature. Um, always looking for a fight because I'm not I'm not afraid of confrontation. And so it kind of became my own weapon. People don't like confrontation. Me? Bring it on.
0: Bring it on. <laughs> and so, we so like, it's amazing.
1: <laughs> so I was so comfortable in my masculine because I felt powerful there. And for me, when I embraced my feminine, I felt so scared and so unsafe in my body, in my world. I was like, this means it's too big. It's too much. She cries too much. It's all too much. It's too much. It's unsafe here. And so I also had to find my sweet spot where it was like, how do I embrace that part of me and learn to feel safe within that? so that I can practice feeling safe within that and really cultivate that for me a lot of my journey has been about the relationship with myself first so how do I cultivate that with myself first get comfortable get safe know what I need know what I want and then find a way to incorporate that in my relationships I I was always how I in the last 10 years have done this self evolution thing. And so that's what I did with myself. I really went inward. I was like, where do I feel unsafe in my body? What kinds of activities really bring that out in me naturally? How can I cultivate that? How can I embrace that? How can I take ownership over my feelings, over my vulnerability and let it be safe to do so? And then bring my partner into that. And so we were able to really, understand energetics in our marriage, um, and then translate that to our children. And now it's just a way of life for our family so that everybody feels safe in their natural masculine and their natural feminine. We all have it. It's just it, when it's safe to explore it, we really just change the trajectory of what it means to be a woman.
0: Absolutely. And it isn't specific to women. I mean, men no. are starting to push back against the patriarchy lessons as well. Yeah. Because they're starting to say, but I'm in touch with my feelings and that's OK. Mm
2: hmm.
0: You know, um, and and it's not this this whole kind of idea of it's emasculating for a man to, to tune into. His, it's like it's not emasculating for anybody. It's no. energizing it's creativity it's it's where we get our momentum for confidence right because yes. that's, that's where confidence comes from you can't you can't go get confidence or do a thing and then oh, i'm confident right you could. but but you can't it's it's a process and and so for for men to be able to tune into that and give themselves permission as well to feel to cry to to ask for help to feel vulnerable
1: mhm and one of the strategies that I really teach is that we, when we're children, all children are in feminine energy, all children, because their literal survival depends on it. And so women have to be in masculine as mothers in order to keep the offspring alive. It's very important that we do all the things so they don't perish, <laughs> So they are born in feminine, they're, they spend a lot of time in feminine. If you think about kids, think about the like, ooh, mommy, can I have that I want that. And I want that and I want that and I'm gonna go play with that person and I want to go here and I want to have it I want to have it. They live in desire, they live in feminine energy. And so when I teach the concept of embracing the feminine energy. I also teach inner child work because go back to that version of you. What did you love? What did you love to create? How did you express your feelings? What did you need to feel safe when you were having a good day, when you were having a bad day? Did you like to be, a, were you a cuddler? Were you a colorer? Were you a dancer? Were you? Did you love to hike? What did you love to do? Because that is a true, a true, um picture of your essence in feminine energy and that is that is the truth for men as well
0: yeah absolutely you wouldn't believe how many full-on conversations i've had with people who will say play is not a value and maybe it's not according to the lists but it is one of mine Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i think you know having that that connection to our inner child being able to play that's where you get to be able to dance. That's where you have to get to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and, and play with,
2: mm-hmm. you know, we were talking
0: about makeup workshops and those kind of things. That's where you kind of go, oh, oh, I like this energy that's tapping in yes. when I put this winged eyeliner on or this purple eye um, lipstick or what, you know, that's where we kind of go, oh, that energy. And that's what we talk a lot about in Confidence for Cabaret is that kind of you don't need to have the nine inch heels on to feel that fierce strength. Mm hmm. I love that you just brought that up because here I am sitting here in
1: a I got dirty hair. For those who are watching this, I got dirty hair. And it's Monday morning, where I am and or Tuesday morning, it's Tuesday morning, but it's after a long weekend. So I don't know what's happening. And I'll tell you that it's about how you feel. It's where you tap into your joy, It's where you tap into that energy. I don't, I love a bold red lipstick. I feel like a badass, like nothing else with some winged eyeliner, some false lot eyelashes and some red lipstick. But as I sit here today, I'm still tapped into my feminine power. I still am in my confidence. I'm still energized. Because I understand right and that's what you're saying. It's like, you have to know where you can pull that power from pull that energy from. And I want to talk about play for a second because I get really annoyed with Um, the interpretation of what that means in mainstream. Mm -hmm. People are like, but you're a grown up, why do you got to play? Number one, I I would like to point out that so many of us have children, and wouldn't it be nice to not be annoyed by their play and find ways to play with your kids in a way that really excited you? Like, no, I don't want to push cars around with my son for two hours. But you know what I love to do with him? We love to go for nature hikes and explore and find, you know, yesterday he found an acorn. He's three, it was the first one ever. It was the most exciting thing. I loved that experience. We have a trampoline. I get to play with my kids on the trampoline in a way that brings me joy. But beyond that, so first you get to engage in play, engage in real true play with your own children and have that connection that way. But also, wouldn't your life be much more fulfill- fulfilling if you did shit you loved? How about that? Can we just, could we honor that for a second? It doesn't have to be about tapping into your feminine if that doesn't, if that term doesn't really resonate with you, it doesn't have to be about a different concept that doesn't resonate with you. But how about don't you just wanna have some
0: damn fun in your life? So that's why I do Ariel. Right? Because I love doing stuff that terrifies me. I love doing stuff that I didn't know I could do, you know and I, and I approach it fully like a child. I am mm-hmm. by far the oldest person in my studio, and I am by far the least mature in every room. Because <laughs> but you're I, having so much fun. Really fun.. And especially things that spin, I mean, if you can hold on to a spinning hoop and yeah. just push off, I mean, that's playground stuff. right? And then people right? go, why are you doing this? I'm like, because I want to. Like, because it's fun.
1: <laughs> I often, in my containers, will ask my clients, when was the last time you, like, really had fun? And it's really sad how many women can't actually answer that question.
0: I love that question.
1: Because we just don't believe that there's space to be a great partner and be a great partner. Um, mother and be a great business owner, or be be a great, great corporate woman, businesswoman, and have fun. Mm-hmm. But like, we get one shot at this life, man. One shot. And if I if my day days on this earth end tomorrow or next year, you better believe I want my kids to hold on to that trampoline play we have, and you better believe my I want my husband to sit and say we laughed every day of our life. And I want to look back on my last 30 seconds of this, my last 30 seconds of breath and say, I had so much fun.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Why? Yes. Why would we give all of the have-tos priority over our happiness, our fulfillment?
0: Why? Because we've been conditioned. Yeah. Yeah because those beliefs run deep because what's valued in the external world is ticking things off and appearing to be Mm -hmm. doing things
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and it it makes no sense it's as made up as the concept of time do you know it's it's all just it's all just man-made constructs
1: yeah
0: it's all about
1: Control really, right? It's like we have to have these systems so that people have a place and a and a air quotes purpose, somebody else's defined purpose, right? So we create these constructs and have for many, many moons, and that's what you know they run deep, they run so deep. And we're also, as a society, particularly from the last 18 months, waking up to the truth that. It can all be gone in the blink of an eye, anyways. Everything yes. I work for, my business is gone. My, I got lost. My job, my kids don't go anywhere. There's uh, my husband. My husband has been working from home for almost two years with no end in sight, and he works for a city. It's like never in your in a million years would you believe that this was what we were doing. And so, for those who are like, "Yeah, but," yeah, but I have to. Yeah, but my white picket fence looks great from the outside. I, but what about the inside? Don't, don't doesn't the way you feel matter? Cause you're indisposable. We, we just realized that all of our systems don't really care about us, they don't. And so if you didn't buy into the woo woo shit before, this is about like real life shit you nothing is predictable. Nothing is in your control except everything is in your control when it becomes an inner game.
0: Exactly. Exactly. Control the controllables is my mm-hmm. mantra. It is fully my mantra.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I think, as you say, we all learned that globally. Oh that yeah. Out of your control, and I, I think because I had a, I had a, a terrible year in 2019. My, my husband unexpectedly passed away. I was in a terrible car accident yeah. at, while I was moving house, because I had to move house because I was left in a financial disaster. And you know, I, I, I would have thought this is just me, right? Like this isn't happening to anybody else. And then I literally just went back to work, and then two months later, the whole thing, the, the whole planet shut down. And what's interesting is that when we look around us and see that everyone else is in that same boat, that control was always an illusion and mm-hmm. it becomes real. And for some reason, when it's happening to us, then we think, oh, that's my problem. I've done something wrong, something, you know, and, and it, it, it just feels like we're individual and we feel like we have to hide it. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we feel like we're weak if we don't. And when we when we are able to kind of talk about it like we can with lockdown then everybody understands. Then great. Yeah. But but why are we not talking about the things that are unique to our story? Why are we hiding those?
1: <laughs> I've been talking about it loud and proud for ten years about my shit storm of a life.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I wouldn't have. Um, I had to fully hit rock bottom before mm-hmm. I could, because not because I didn't want anybody else to know. Although there, is, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't, you know, because I'm very externally referenced, so I didn't want other people to think I was weak. And everybody kept saying, you're so strong. And can I say that that is my least favorite insult, mm. even though it's meant as a compliment. Mm-hmm. I just felt so insulted by that because I wasn't. Um, but then I wasn't sharing it. and so. But the real reason was because I didn't want it to come through me and out. Like in order for me to tell yeah. you it's got to come through me, I yeah. didn't want to acknowledge it. So there's no way I'm going to tell you. Like, you can know if you know, but I can't tell you.
1: It, that's so funny. I, re, I remember when I started really taking ownership over my life, um, I had this moment where I recognized that that same thing, I wouldn't say things out loud because the moment I said them out loud, they became true. And the moment they became true, I had to take radical self-responsibility. And then that became my mantra. Radical self-responsibility equals evolution and growth. Radical self-responsibility equals evolution and growth. We cannot stay stuck if we're constantly in motion. And so, um, but yeah, I, I, I've been talking about my shit for 10 years and the reason is because that was my rock bottom. And I had this huge moment of like, I cannot be alone in my self-loathing as a woman, in my deeply conditioned belief that I'm not enough in my deeply conditioned belief that my love is conditional based on my results. And so that's really what I talked about. And then single motherhood, I had a lot of judgment coming at me, a lot of shade in my affluent community about being what they deemed a young single mom. So I was 25 when I had my daughter here in Canada, that's young and to have kids. And so, um, I was the young single mom. So with that came judgment, right? Uh, She probably just got knocked up. She probably this, blah, blah, blah. She can't be that responsible, blah, blah. Meanwhile, that's the polar opposite of what happened. And I was walking through trauma and hell trying to get through it. And so I really worked to say, you don't know me. And even if you did, and even if I did just get knocked up, this little girl is safe and healthy and provided for, and I am no less of a healthy home. Because there's one of me. And I really worked to break down that stigma while simultaneously taking ownership over new belief that that was true. Right. So I had to like take radical self responsibility around I'm not a piece of shit because I'm on my own, because he left, because things happened. I'm not less of a mother, not less of a woman. And I had to believe that. But in order to do that, it had to come through me. I had to say it and trust it. And then I was like, I can't be alone here. And so I started sharing. um, And the more I shared, and and I'd love to hear your perspective, the more I shared my actual truth of how I felt and what I was going through and what I desired, the more freaking support I found
0: everywhere I looked. Yeah, I think it's not only support, we also empower other people to be Mm -hmm. able to do that. And so we are support, even that rock bottom moment of weakness, when we're sharing and vulnerable, where we're supporting others without mm-hmm. knowing it. And that, that means so much more in, a, in most contexts than if we were actually saying, how can I help you? What do you need? And doing yes. things for them in that masculine energy, but actually just showing up makes other people go, oh, good.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I don't
0: have to be perfect. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to, you know, uh, have this facade anymore
1: because you yeah. just
0: give you permission to be real.
1: Do you know, 10 years later, I still have people send me messages saying that um, me being a single mom who wouldn't give up empowered them uh, in their divorce five years later, in their own journeys, seven years later. And I, I'm like, man, is that real? Like, what a m because it's true. My truth empowered other women all over the globe to really be okay with not being okay, to really be okay with imperfection, to really take ownership over. I too have not felt enough my whole life. How do I do this differently? I don't want to feel this way anymore.
0: Yeah.
1: Ten years later.
0: Through, right? The only way through is through. So you get to that ten years later.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah as long as we keep moving, right? As long as one step, I always say one baby step after another, it's all it takes one baby step. Even if it doesn't feel free real right now, your change doesn't feel real right now. If you just keep moving towards the thing that you want, the life that you want, the feeling that you seek, you will get there. It's inevitable. And when you do the whole journey makes way more sense. (laughs) You're like, oh, that's why I had to learn that lesson. Oh, that's why that person had to leave. Oh, that's why that job had to, you know, be over in one context or another. But until you trust yourself with one baby step after another towards what it is that you desire, it will never make sense. It will just feel like the, that, like life is happening to you and not for you.
0: For you is such an important word. It mm-hmm. is such an important, and and things happening to you is really easy to get into victim mode. I actually didn't think I was in victim mode, and then a couple of weeks ago I was messaging with somebody I don't know very well, but I was doing their challenge and I was enjoying it, and it was all around money mindset. And she, and she sent me a message and said, how did it go today? And I, I commented, and she said, oh, you're in victim mode. And I went, no, I'm not. And then I thought, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. I just heard it. And it's that language. And it's those little simple flips, like to me instead of for me.
1: Mm -hmm. And when you're walking through a difficult season of life, it's really, really hard to switch that and believe fully that this is happening for you. And what is particularly financial, um, difficulties are so hard to deep breathe through and trust because we are conditioned to believe that, Things have to be, you know, we have to have X amount of money in order to pay the bills, right? Or pay the daycare or get the groceries or pay off the debt. There's a lot of pressure around money. And there's a lot of truth behind trust. You know, I took on this, I started taking on this practice. um, And for, I think they have it for Android now, but there's this app called Lucky Bitch. And um, I think it's Denise, gosh, she's a, she's an author. Anyways. Did she write Get Rich Lucky Bitch? Yes. yes. Okay, so she wrote Get Rich Lucky Bitch, but she has this app called the Lucky Bitch app. And um, you log every single dollar that comes into your life as money or gifts, like you can log, um, if you win stuff, the, the monetary value of that. And so I started using this app actually, I started using this app when the world shut down, and my other business was dissolved in the blink of an eye. And I was like, don't panic about the money, you'll be okay, it'll be okay. Um, So I started using this app, and really just, it helped me really anchor into a, there's no such thing as scarcity, when you can really see in front of you, how much money is coming in, how much money is coming every day. We don't even think about it. But like, I, my husband and I, it blew our damn minds, how much money was coming in that when you, you know, when you tap your debit card all the time, it's like money in, money out, it's not real. It's just energy in and out, in and out, until you look at the balance and you're like, what? But when you can really see in front of you tangibly, how much is really available to you in so many different ways, it would blow your mind and allow you to trust so deeply, so, so deeply. And it's really the trust and surrender, feminine energy, that allows us to be open to receiving more. And in the most difficult seasons of my life, single mom lost my job, $0. I had to provide. I That was probably the point of my story where I trusted myself for the very first time ever, ever, because something in me said, it's going to be okay. And I thought, it's going to be okay. I don't know what the hell this looks like. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life because I worked in an industry that if you were let go from a, a position, you were no longer eligible for that position in a different industry or in a different place in that industry. And um, you know, it was a wrongful dismissal and I could have fought it, but like, why do I want to work for a company that doesn't
0: want me to work for them? Why do I want to do? do that? And you have to want to fight for a long time. Sorry, my lamp just fell on top of me. Oh cool. dear. <laughs>
1: right. You have to, to, to fight for you have to fight for a long time, and I didn't want to do that. I was like, if I'm not welcome here and you don't value the work that I do, I'm out. And so I trusted myself and um I followed each little baby step nudge, and within a year, I had doubled my salary and became a full-time entrepreneur. And I was like, what just happened? What just happened? So <laughs> never
0: what do you say to somebody though who, who is at that point when there is zero dollars coming in. So my, you're on the app and you're not putting anything in.
1: So what I would say is a couple of things. The first thing I would say is if there are supports available for you, where you live, access them. There's no shame in asking for help. None. Two, I would say you have <laughs> to really face what is happening where's the belief that your worth is tied to your money where's the belief that nobody is there to support you when you need help where's the where's the belief the deep the deep rooted sorry belief around money so until we can really identify and I'll tell you a really quick story about this so I always believed that my money problems, money problems, my money beliefs, my negative money beliefs. Did you see that and slip there? Yeah. <laughs> so I always believed that they were because my parents fought over money all the time. So I was like money, having money makes you wrong and not having money makes it someone else's fault. And so money equaled conflict and breakdown of relationships for me. So I had I I just struggled a lot around keeping money. I would make money and then I would spend money and I would make money and I'd spend money. And I'd be like, why is there no money? And then I had to get really real with myself and say, the numbers don't make sense. Like I'm making more than enough, but why is there not enough? So what's happening here? And what I really learned when I went super deep and asked myself the really difficult questions is I had nothing to do with conflict and everything to do with, I didn't trust money to keep me safe. So I wouldn't hold it because I didn't feel safe. I didn't trust it. It meant that something bad was gonna happen or I had this like deep rooted belief there that, you know, I was not safe in the hands of money. I couldn't trust it. It couldn't trust me and therefore, She was like a bird flapping in the wind from tree to tree in one tree out the other, in one money tree out the other.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like a sieve, isn't it? It'll just keep flowing out. It'll just keep flowing out. And
1: And and so, and so once I could get clear on those, beliefs with myself, I could really create new beliefs. I could say, okay, so if I feel that I don't, I'm unsafe with money, what would make me feel safe with money? How can I create safety in money? What am I afraid of when it comes to money? And how can I create safety in that? How can I regain control over my belief system as a grown ass woman now? Like nobody gets to tell me that money is bad because your dad doesn't pay his child support and we don't have money for that and all the shit, right? I'm, I'm a grown ass woman. I can take care of myself and I can choose my own beliefs. And when I started to do that, I created a couple of, um, I created a couple of new habits. So I, every pay or every week I would take $20 and I would put it in a container. And that was like my safety, it was always there. It just stayed there. Whether I saved it all year for Christmas and then that that didn't you know, financially burden me as a single mom, then that's what I did. Or I didn't. If I had money in my bank account, I just left it. And it just grew and it grew and it grew and it grew. And I felt safe with it. It felt safe with me. I felt safe with it. It was like our little money relationship we had. And I also created new beliefs that no matter what happened, I had survived every financial hardship up until this very moment. I would figured it out. It had always figu- been figured out. And so even if today there's not enough, I know with certainty that I'm capable of figuring this out. I'm going to be okay no matter what. And that has served me true for 10 years and continues to serve me true. And, and, You know, it's a mantra we have in our house. It's a simple one, but like, it's going to be okay. No matter what happens, you're going to be okay. You're here. You're standing. You're breathing. You're alive. You've been through it all. And you're here.
0: I love that you have taken your experiences and understood the lessons and learned from them. Because so many of us let life happen to us Mm -hmm. and we react and we complete that cycle over and over and over again because we're not learning the lessons and what you're talking about there is looking at the situation controlling the controllables learning the lessons and then moving forward Mm -hmm. because so many of us are moving on a treadmill
1: Mm -hmm. and you know to those Mm -hmm. of us who are listening and just got highly triggered by what you just said because. I know you're listening. Um, I ask you this question, and this is a question I've asked everybody I know and myself a thousand times. Where you are right now doesn't feel good. Where you are right now is hard. Going to the next best place might feel really hard, but which one do you want? This is no longer about need. This is no longer about should. This is no longer about any of the crap that we've been told we're supposed to do or have to do or whatever. Take all that aside and I ask you this question. What kind of woman do you wanna be in this world? Not for your kids, not for your partner, not for your job, not about your body. I don't, at the end of the day, when you're 95 and blessed with a long, beautiful life, sitting, looking out at this life you've created, will you remember that you were a size two or a size 22? Will that matter? Will you remember that when you were 33, something really bad happened to you and somebody was super mean to you and you hated him or her, and then that changed the trajectory of your life? That won't matter. What will matter is how you loved and how you lived and how you played and the people that you loved and the relationships that you cultivated. But that all starts with the type of woman you desire to be. Get real with yourself. Do you wanna be the woman that dances in the rain? Do you wanna be the woman that gets on a cabaret stage and does something so out of her comfort zone and changes the trajectory of her life? Do you wanna be a woman who can look at you in the face and say, I'm a two-time best-selling author? was incredible I never once believed that that's who I would be That's you never once believed that was who you were going to be Heather and so it's decisions we have to decide who we want to be in this world and then every day we have to get up and commit to ourselves that we're going to show up as if we're already that woman who's looking back at our life and saying what is really going to matter in the end
0: and again, with that question, the wording is so important. Not who do you think you can be, not, you know, what are your choices from that? What do you want? Like, mm-hmm. that comes from deep desire. Yeah. And then, yeah. You, like, the how comes so much later. Why do we get so stuck on the how? Is that the masculine energy again?
1: It- It's masculine energy and it's fear-based thinking, right? Which we're very conditioned to to go to. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to fix this. I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what you want from me. It's like, we have so many things that we say because we're afraid of the outcome. We're afraid of rejection. We're afraid of judgment. We're afraid we're not enough. We're afraid of the outcome. But when we ask ourselves who the hell do you desire to be as a woman? What's the first idol that comes into your mind? Like for me, every time it's Marilyn Monroe. Like there's something sassy and rebellious and sexy and confident about her that I'm like, I wanna be that when I grow up, you know? I wanna be that kind of
0: woman when I grow up. I love that you chose Marilyn Monroe. She's my favorite. Because Marilyn Monroe, very publicly in her private life had huge problems Mm -hmm. like huge problems huger Mm -hmm. than most of us will experience yep mental health drugs and alcohol addiction um relationships um not feeling enough all of those things have to have fueled her behaviors Mm. and yet we love that stage energy and it comes mm-hmm. back to what we were talking about earlier. We can tap into that anytime we want.
1: Yeah, we, we can. And, you know, that is, that's what I loved about her the most. She knew who she wanted to be when people were watching, right? She had so many struggles and probably significant trauma in her upbringing. And then again, in her very public affairs and all of the things that occurred in her life. And she could switch her magnetism on at the drop of a hat. She could stand in her power like it. As she went after everything she wanted and everyone she wanted, which got her in a lot of shit. But, yeah. but she knew who she wanted to be yeah. and who she desired to be in this world. And she was unapologetic about how she was going to become that kind of woman. And that's the part that I love. And I also kind of totally resonate with the, the struggle. I've had many struggles in my life and I shouldn't, if we're going to talk about should, I shouldn't be sitting here right now. There's not a single person on this planet that expected me to be who I am today, except my deep rooted desire to be more, to do more, to have more, to experience more, to love more.
0: It's beautiful. I'm glad you are. And I thank, thank you. you for being you.
1: And I thank, thank you for
0: sharing that. That's that's just amazing. And I I'm so excited for people to hear this episode. I want to come back to what you were talking about with that energy, that kind of who Marilyn Monroe was in public. If you were performing cabaret. So cabaret is, is typically in a small venue. So most comedians will start in some sort of a smoky bar somewhere, like a, a little club. Um, uh, a lot of singers, I mean, very famously, Bette Midler is, you know, started in all those kind of clubs. Dancers, um, drag, burlesque, uh, a- a- anything vaudeville or cabaret. If you were performing cabaret, what would you perform?
2: Hmm...
1: Shit, I don't know. Yes, you uh, I, I would probably. I would probably. It would probably be dance. It would probably be. Uh, I'd probably get my risque out and have a little fun. Um, you know, that's a part of me. Uh, that I really suppressed for a long time was my sensuality, my ability to feel confident with my body, uh, my desire to love to dance, and so um, I would really go, and I would I would do it in a smoky bar, maybe on a piano. I don't know. It would be like let's just take this up a notch or two. That's like, what is she doing? And I like it. <laughs>
0: I love that. Okay, so let me just say to anybody who's listening, because "Mm, I'd love to dance and I I feel that inner as well. It's like singing. Everybody can do it. Everybody. And I can tell you, as a paid dancer, I have no rhythm and I have no ability to follow choreography. I just don't remember it.
1: (laughs) But that's because your body, your feminine energy is like, man, I'm going to flow the way I flow.
0: Yeah. And we use our body as our instrument the -hmm. same way uh, a musician would use, you know, the pianist uses the piano, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's just an instrument to tell our story and it doesn't have to be uh, stripping. It could be, I mean, a lot of burlesque isn't actually, it's telling a story with your body. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So aside from, I love the idea of you across a big piano. Yeah. Tons of space in the venue. Okay. So, aside from piano, because I did not see that coming, so I'm going to eliminate that from the possibilities. What one prop would you like to have with you and why?
2: Mm.
1: One prop and why?
0: Like some people choose a pen because they feel powerful. Like, haha, uh-huh, you can't get me.
1: Uh do you know what do you know the first thing that comes to mind i'd love to is a cigar and i think that i would smoke a cigar as as like a play on fuck the patriarchy you know the expectation of like who's watching and what they would think with their cigars in their mouth because i'm like in my head i'm like it's 1950s and we're at a smoky cigar bar
0: love that. Mm-hmm. And women are not supposed to smoke cigars. Right. And, yeah.
1: Or be risque. Or, be
0: or take risque. up
1: too much space. And
0: you're <laughs> sprawled across the floor. Yeah. And I'm
1: like, watch me.
0: Moving in a risque way with a yep. cigar. I yep. mean, you could do so much with that cigar as well. I Just could. saying. Yeah. That gives you a little preview of my style. But anyway. <laughs> Let's not go there. I love that. Okay. And what, Kelly, is your stage name for being introduced? Please welcome to the stage.
1: Ah, uh, uh, what would be my? These are harder questions than how did you pick yourself from rock bottom and get to where you're going? I'm like, I have no idea. Uh what you would do
0: though. You do. you do. You have you have that name in you.
1: Oh, for sure it's in me. I just have never given her thought. Um I don't know. Like, what is even a stage name? Tell me. I'm I'm it can be what's anything. your stage name?
0: It can be absolutely anything. And and I'll tell you my stage name in a second, but I'll just give you a second to to. Um, kind of let the words resonate don't overthink this question like if you're listening and you think well what would my stage name be like you know you could be really clever and you could you know if you watch RuPaul's drag race all very clever names and the yeah. words and all of that but something that represents your essence <laughs>
1: i got it i got it so, so um this is not a shameless plug, but I have a mastermind coming out in the new year and I'm naming it Rebel, like R E capital B E L L E. That would be my stage name.
0: Oh, I love that. Please welcome yeah. to the
1: stage, Rebel. Rebel. Rebellious woman with her cigar in her stage
0: presence. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what that would be my stage name. I do a lot of work with, with imposter syndrome and imposter voice, and we, we very rarely doubt our imposter voice when it's telling us you know you're not good enough and you're gonna look ridiculous and all of these things that limit us. And and so there is a, a, a very valid technique around naming that voice and talking to that voice. Well, I use the same with my stage name.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not kidding you, I am physically stronger when I talk to, my, to, to that part of me. So we used to jump the, the fence um, over into the cemetery during, during COVID because it was closed and it was a very high yeah. stone wall. And the cemeteries are beautiful in the UK because they're very, very old and lots of grown parts. And it was just nice to go somewhere quiet. And I would go, oh, I can't push myself over the wall. I, uh, uh, I haven't been to my aerial studio. I'm tired, and uh. and then I would talk to myself in my voice, and I'd be like, "You are a fucking aerial dancer. Get mm-hmm. over the, the wall." And I can every and time. It gives me strength, and it and I'm not like physical strength that I just didn't have that day. Mm-hmm. And I talk to myself about that voice. If you talk to yourself and say, come on, rebel, let's do this thing, I mm-hmm. promise you it's a different energy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, it's a, it, I'm all about the rebellion, right? A rebellion towards the patriarchy, rebellion towards imposter syndrome, rebellion towards believing all the bullshit we've told ourselves our whole life. I'm here to be a rebel, I'm here to empower women all over the world to be rebels and stop living in the bullshit we tell ourselves and really just follow the desire follow the the rebel in you that wants to you know shake shit up and do do things differently okay <laughs> your um, lamp just fell again
0: my <laughs> lamp just fell my laptop is about to die um <laughs> it's not charging and i don't know why um, it's all happening. My coffee spilled right before we spoke. It's I, a day. I have disappeared off of the screen, but I have heard everything you've said. And Kelly Rolf, you are a true professional because you have carried on talking as if nothing is going on. Um, well, listen, I, I
1: grew a business while I um, raised tiny humans. And um, I love to share this. People think it's ridiculous, but once upon a time, My son had the worst reflux. And so I, if I ever wanted to work ever, I would have to like put him in the carrier and, you know, stand and talk on lives and build my business. And he vomited in my hair in the middle of a live training. And I was like, well, shit, here we go. (laughs) This is the worst, most horrific thing that's ever happened in my life. Not really, but I was humiliated. There was puke in my hair. I just kept going. There's not a whole lot that will face me now.
0: <laughs> There's not a lot. You could and you know what? Like I'm not I mean, yes, I could edit this part out, but it uh, but I don't want to because I never be perfect. I
1: never edit my podcast either. <laughs> ever.
0: Neither do I either. love it. Unless somebody says something really deeply offensive, which is only happened a couple of times um otherwise i i don't i don't and so you'll see if you're watching the vodcast or or on igtv you'll see i'm disappearing you'll see there's stuff (laughs) in front of the camera but kelly (laughs) carried on like a true um and i'm i'm absolutely loving rebel um to answer your question about my stage name i was helen back
2: Mm. And that
0: is because uh, people call me Helen in the UK, which is fine. Um, it's just a weird thing. It's what they hear when I say Heather. I don't know why, but they do. Like, even sure. in the I'll go and they'll say, What's the name for the cup? And I'll say, Heather. And they write Helen. I'm not kidding. People never <laughs> used to believe me, but I have many witnesses. Every single day, I get emails saying, Hey, Helen. And I think, OK, what part of my closing of my email that said Heather? Right. But anyway, it doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't matter to me. And most people in my dance world know me as Helen. And so I decided to embrace that and I became Helen back. And that was part of my story and part of who I was. And when I re-debuted, I decided that I didn't want to be that angry person that brings up all these things and, you know, is angry with it and so on. And so right. I changed my stage name, and I am now also Helen, which is very meta. Also Helen,
1: or just Helen?
0: Also Helen.
1: Also Helen. And also, also Helen.
0: You can say that as many ways as you want to. You can say that I am uh, sharing my message about uh, the patriarchy. That I am sharing my autonomy to use my body and advocating that you do the same, uh, that cabaret is for every body, that we need to be inclusive. Also, 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 all of these things. Also, Helen. Love it. I so it's love very, it. And it's very fun. And it's also means that I get to also be lots of things. Yeah, I can be angry. I can be sweet. I can be, sassy I can be all of those things also all of those things
1: yeah yeah Um, I love it
0: yeah so it just it just feels like I have room to be who and what I want at any point
1: Mm. that isn't a mic drop right there because isn't that life goals who and what I want to be at any time and we get to be sassy and we get to be sensual and we get to be sweet and we get to be soft and we get to be vulnerable and we get to be sad and we get to be loud and big and shy and quiet. We get to be it
0: all. Absolutely.
1: And it's time that we scream that from the rooftops, which women like us are doing all the time. And I love it.
0: Absolutely. If you want to see my Also Helen debut, it's on confidence through cabaret.com. Uh, I don't shout about that a huge amount, uh, not because I'm ashamed of it, because I'm really happy for people to see it. Um, it's, a, it's actually its own tab. Uh, there are two numbers there. Um, and I, I, I don't shout about it because I haven't watched it.
2: Ooh. I haven't
0: watched it because I choose to internalize that, those performances as how I felt and how it was for me. And I don't need an extor- external empirical, you know, kind of source that says this is how it really was. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't care how it really was. Yeah, I know who it was for me. And that's yep. how I'm internalizing things. And that's what makes me stronger the next time. And yeah, there are things that I will eventually watch it and I will eventually learn and I will eventually go, okay, well, never count on a dressing room with enough space to warm up because I couldn't stretch and those kind of things and all, all kinds of different learnings from it that I'm already aware of. And eventually I will look at it, but I need to internalize the strength that I feel. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I'm going
0: I'm I'm fully enjoying that because in my head it was perfect, and that's how we. That's when we store things in the way that we wanted them to go. We're more likely to repeat that, Mm -hmm. rather beating ourselves up about "Mm, I didn't do this, and I wanted to do that, and that doesn't look quite right, and my leg wasn't straight there, and oh, you know, I should have done, should have would have could. It's like I I can't change that, and if I if I program that into my brain, then that's what I will wear the next time I go onto a stage. Yep,
1: absolutely, and life is a stage. And if we spend our whole life doing the shoulda, coulda, wouldas, I'll tell you right now, you're probably not doing a whole lot from your heart and from your authentic self. You're probably doing it from, I should have been this way. I uh, desire the world expects me to be this way. And then you walk through replaying, how am I going to be perfect here? How do I show up perfectly here? How do I get it right here? Instead of how do I, How do I just be? How do I love my life here? Whatever that looks like.
0: Exactly, exactly. I love it. So I love this conversation. uh, It's, I don't want it to ever end, but we need it (laughs) to end. Uh, Kelly Rolfe, where can we find you?
1: My favorite place to hang out is on Instagram and I'm at the Femme Rebellion. You can also find me on Facebook as, at, as, Kelly Roll. Um, I am not on there nearly as often. So if you want to stalk my real life, then do so on Instagram. And if you want to, you know, hear more about the self love journey, and you want to learn more about how to really become your best self, you can do so by subscribing to my podcast, Love Yourself Fiercely. Heather has been a guest on there as well. And yes. so her episode will air, um, I guess after this one. Ooh, In yes. the winter. Yeah, December. But you can head over there and check out the evolution of the Love Yourself Fiercely Your brand and the Femme brand. And I, if you do reach out, if you join my network, please send me a message. I answer all my DMs and tell me you came from
0: Confidence through Cabaret. Oh, thank you. Well, then you'll know that, that, that because we're each other's people.
1: <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah, and I love it. I love I I love this world where we get to just sit on the other side of the world and have this beautiful conversation and just, you know, create a new friendship that is filled with feminine energy and badassery. And I I just dig it.
0: Oh, me too. Rebel, I absolutely adore talking with you. I hope that you hold on to Rebel.
1: Oh, It's gonna be part of me. I mean, it is part of me. It's also gonna be an actual program that people can buy in January, which is gonna be the best. I can't wait to bring the rebel out. The rebel in me honors and loves
0: the rebel in you. Thank you. It's very mutual. (laughs) Kelly Rolf, uh, thank you once again for another amazing conversation. Go check out the podcast. Uh, love yourself fiercely. You can hear another conversation with us after this one airs. Um, I will be tagging everybody in it any way, and you know, make sure that you know when it goes up. And love yourself fiercely as well. Uh, please like and subscribe if you're on YouTube. <laughs> if you are watching, this is a podcast. Apologies for the camera. It it was just a whole thing. I mean, if I wish I wish I could make the camera show you the disaster that is all around me. There are papers everywhere. The bin is knocked over. There's dried coffee that I spilled earlier. The lamp is broken. It's a disaster. And I love it. (laughs) because I'm imperfect right where I am in this chaos.
1: Heather, thank you so much. To the people listening, thank you so, so much for letting me come into your little world and sharing my journey. I loved being here and I love what you do.
0: Oh, thank you so much. Check out Confidence to Cabaret, all the socials. The only ones that we are not Confidence to Cabaret is Twitter at YBYWYS. And on Clubhouse at Heather YBYWYS. And those six little letters stand for it is your body, it is your world, and it is your stage. Take up space and own it. Thank you.